When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's Sally Sosa, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Let's go. Gang. You're a star. You wanted a million. I'd have met a lot of people, but nobody gave me this feeling. You told me to call. All right, y'all. So we have the beautiful Sally Sosa off the porch with us today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. How are you? I am feeling really good. Now, good. you are here in Atlanta. What you got going down while you're here? So I've been working on my project. I'm going to drop an EP at the end of this year. Uh, I've been in and out of interviews, pulling up on people, you know, regular shit you're supposed to do when you're an A. <laughs> yeah. Now, how would you say the vibes here compared to back home? Atlanta is different. Like, Atlanta is just like, it's just like a vibe. I don't know. It's like, they call it the Black Hollywood. So when I come out here, like, it's like, it's, it's good energy, always. Now we know, you know we gotta talk about your city, Houston, Texas. What part of Houston are you from? Mm. I'm from Acres Home. I was born in Acres Home and then I moved to uh, Cyprus in like 2011. Um, back and forth from the north side to the south side. And then, uh, shit, I graduated out of Cyprus though. So people, they like to talk shit about Cyprus and be like, oh, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You ain't hood if you're from Cyprus and all that shit, but that shit don't mean shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't know people from a can of paint. They could be from Wyoming and they'll still get right with you. So, yeah. Now give us a little insight on your upbringing in Houston. Uh, so I grew up with my mom, my brother, and my sister. Uh, my dad wasn't in my life. He was like, like I guess I seen him probably like once or twice, but he got, um, it's like a, I don't know if it's like schizophrenia and um, it's like a mental disease, but he has like a fear of failure, fear of success. So like he wasn't in my life growing up. Like my mama was my mama and my daddy. So we went from, from nothing to having, having it, like in real life. Like my mama was struggling bad. Like doing all kind of shit. But we didn't really know about shit until we got older. You know, your parents not gonna really just put you all in their business until you old enough to understand. So um, we was townhouses, apartments, apartments, slums, boom. Then finally got to this point where, you know, she ended up getting her first house built. And um, shit, shit got better. But the relationship that I had with my mom really kinda like, 
like also play like a big role in like how I was brought up because I was always getting into it with her, like getting kicked out. I'm my homegirl house, my uncle house, my aunt house. Like at one point I was even staying with my manager and his wife and his kids cause like the relationship with my mom was just so bad and like I had nowhere else to go, so. How would you say like, you know, having not so good of a relationship with your mom, how would you say it affected you mentally? Mentally, uh, it made me go harder. Some people, like, when they go through it, they want to go start a family because they don't feel loved by their own family. But me, I'm like, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm finna go get me some money. Like, school of business. And is your relationship with your mom a little better now? Yeah, it's better now. Yeah, I, of course it's better. I got, you know, I got, you know, more mature. You know, sometimes like you gotta be the person to just fix the relationship. Even if you don't do nothing, you know what I'm saying, uh, wrong all the time, or even if you feel like that person owe you an apology, sometimes you just gotta be the bigger person. So that's what I had to do in that situation, in that sense. But yeah, it's better now. Now, going back to Houston, what's the craziest thing that we could witness there? Uh, Shit, um, the craziest thing you could witness. I mean, shit, it's always something crazy going on in the city. Like, it's, it's always something like, you either gonna see a homeless person taking a shit, or you gonna <laughs> see, um, shit, I don't know, somebody finna fucking crash because they can't drive. It's just always something. Now, at what age would you say you officially jumped off the porch? I've been off the porch since I was 13, I ain't gonna lie. Since, 13? Since what was going on off the porch at 13? Bro, I was bad as fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know what was wrong with me, but um, shit, I was really just like in trouble. But it was like shit that my mama never knew about. Like I'm doing this, robbing, stealing, like all kind of shit. Like I was close as fuck with this girl. Um, we not cool no more, but we used to go like, like you know that app, uh, Tinder? Yes. <laughs> Y'all stay off of Tinder, bro, because you'll get scammed on Tinder. Like, I was, I was one of them. I was one of the scammers. Not, not, not scam. But, um, yeah, I mean, we was running it up. Like, I was uh, fucking around on Tinder. Um, my homegirl, she would, like, link up with the niggas and shit, find out where they stay. And yeah, we taking shit. So it was just like, we was doing that shit like young, like, and we was going into Walmart, taking shit out of Walmart, going back and reselling it for whole price. Like, at first it, it started off with just stealing, but then we kind of got older and figured out like, what the fuck, like, we making all this money, we might as well just sell this shit. Like, what the fuck is we stealing it and just enjoying it for ourselves when we could sell it and make more money and still enjoy the profit. So we was doing that shit. Uh, 13, 14, and then shit, 16, it was just hell. It was just chaos, so. Woo, so at what moment were you like, dang, like we can't keep doing this, we can't keep jugging and finessing like this? When I uh, started making a name for myself as a rapper, like people was DMing me like, Sally, somebody's faking, somebody's faking like they you on Tinder. <laughs> Whole time I'm like, it's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I can't do this no more. That's when I was just like, all right, yeah, I can't, I can't do it that, can't do it that way. Now, since you did say like you jumped off the porch at 13, what would you say was one of the biggest life lessons that you learned 
while being off the porch at such a young age? Mm. Let me tell y'all something. My manager told me, like, whatever age you is, like, you gotta, or whatever age you are, you gotta enjoy it while it lasts, because, you know, you're not gonna be that age forever. So that was, like, the biggest thing I learned, like, enjoying that shit while it's there. I ain't really get to, like, enjoy, you know, like, just being a little kid. I was, well, I did get to enjoy being a little kid, but I was just more so, like, in school, sports, and just being bad as fuck. So I ain't really had that time to really just be like, okay, yeah, like, this is what I need to do. This is what I want to do in my future. Like, I thought I knew, but in reality, like, I didn't, you know? If you were to go back and you know, you know how they say like, take, give yourself advice, like the younger you advice, what would that be? Uh, fuck these niggas. Fuck these niggas, focus on yourself. Fuck a nigga, do what you need to do, do what's best for you. That's what I would tell myself, my old self. Yeah. And what would you say is one of the greatest fears that you've had to overcome to get to where you are now? Oh, I say like the greatest fear I had to overcome to get to where I am now is like being comfortable with being alone. That's a really big thing. And I don't think people understand that you have to spend time with yourself because if you don't, you're gonna be living through other people. Not even just that, but it's like, when you alone, it's just you and your thoughts. You gotta be strong in the mind. If you weak-minded, it's raps. And I know that you are really big on self-love, and I do wanna dive into that topic with you. So what would you say were some things that you had to go through in order to have that confidence within yourself? Oh. I got done the worst way. I was fucking with a New Orleans nigga. Talking about heavy, like, like, all type of shit. And, um, what happened? Uh, he was just cheating on me, fucking with other hoes on me. I'm like, damn. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. I'm like, and I'm young than a bitch, so I'm thinking I'm, you know what I'm saying, this shit, but... Whole time he, you know what I'm saying, running around with other hoes and shit. So that eventually led to me finding out he was cheating on me. We broke up. He was still trying to be with me. I'm like, nah, fuck that. Um, we were still fucking around. And then, uh, what, like a month later, he popped out and had a baby on me. 
And like this was somebody that I thought I was supposed to be with. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, damn, like, and the feeling of. When it comes to work, communication is key. Even if you don't have a writing job, sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast. Being in love and feeling like you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with this person and then something like that, that that's just that big and traumatic. That's ir- like, how do you say? Uh, you can't come back from that. It's like irreversible. That was how it felt. Like, it's like, once you bring a child into this world, it's like, that's irreversible. Like, you know, I can't, it ain't nothing me and you can do now. Cause it's like, you did everything with somebody else that I wanted to do with you. So it's like, and that, that really, um, it broke my heart. Like, but I, I really been heartbroken really since birth. Like when my daddy didn't even sign my birth certificate. So it's like a lot of that, stems from just like not having, I guess I'd say like a father figure, you know? And how would you say you really started to develop that self-love for yourself? Um, shit. I really just started just doing things that made me happy. I really didn't know what made me happy, you know? That's some shit you gotta like, you gotta uh, do as a person. Like, you gotta just evaluate, okay, what I like, what I don't like. So me personally, um, I like to overindulge in like positive affirmations. I like to get my nails done. I like to get my feet done. I like to have my hair done. Um, I like to eat. Like, I love food. I love trying different food. Like, so for me, all of that is like practicing self-love because you're doing shit that makes you happy. So, you know, that's really what it's all about. And, you know, I feel like this generation, like the Gen Z, just with social media, they got a lot of pressure to be like damn near perfect. They got to, you know, dress a certain way, do all of those type of things. So what advice would you give for younger girls who have that pressure to be perfect and that can kind of get lost in the sauce? I'm sorry, my uh, my motherfucking um, manager friend did not roll this wood right. I got nugs coming in my mouth and shit, like what the fuck? <laughs> that shit goofy. But look, um, my advice I would give uh, to anybody that's younger, um, I would say stay true to yourself. I would say be you because you know, God made you, you for a reason. And uh, I would say, if there's a will, there's a way. That's a quote that I grew up on. I wrote it down in my room. Uh, 
when I was a little girl in Sharpie. My mama was trying to beat my ass behind the shit, but I was like, nah, like I'm running. I'm running from them ass, <laughs> nah. But I wrote it in my room when I was a little girl. But it's basically, it just stands for like, if you're willing to get something done, there's always a way to get it done. There's always a way to do it. So for me, I just live by and die by that quote, cause it's like, you have to have willpower. So I would also tell anybody else that's younger that's watching me, you know, like, you gotta have willpower, you know? You gotta want it for yourself more than anybody else want it for you. And if you don't have self-love in this industry, what can be the consequences or the downfall of that? I feel like if you don't have self-love in the industry, um, it's like uh, you ever seen um, a leaf fall in water? That's what's gonna happen to you in the industry. You just gonna be all over the place, going any which way. Places you probably don't even wanna be, that you just ended up being in, you know, just because you don't got self-love or because you don't, you don't know what you want for yourself. Now, getting into your music, how did the buzz of Sally Sosa come about? Um, well, really, like, sorry, that's my mic. Really, uh, I've been having buzz. Like, uh, I used to play sports and shit, but um, once the buzz really started coming, it really wasn't until uh, I dropped my third mixtape, and uh, it was called Life of Sosa 3. And I had this song on there called A Letter to the Streets. And the original beat that I recorded this song on, like we uploaded it, had it on World Star, like it was going crazy. And um, the beat was sold. So I was just like fucked up, like damn, like I take my fucking hit song down. That's what I thought was, you know, my hit song at the time. And I just remember like thinking to myself, like it's okay, don't worry about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Label whoever, they gonna make a new beat for me. We gonna put the song back up and it's good. And um, we put A Letter to the Streets back out uh, when, once I became a signed artist. But when it was out, when I was an unsigned artist, that's how everybody was finding me. So I feel like Sally Sosa really came about from A Letter to the Streets, like once I really like show I'm vulnerable with my pain. And how were you really able to identify yourself as an artist? I'm able to identify myself as an artist because I make quality music. And I'm also able to identify myself as an artist because I'm in this for the long run. I'm not here for five years, 10 years. I'm looking at a good decade. So I'm, I'm longevity all the way. So when did you exactly decide to pursue your music career full-time? When I was 16, um, I was, I was um, going through it bad with my people. And uh, my brother, he would always let me use his PS4, I think it was at the time, PS3, PS4, I can't remember. This was around the same time, uh, this was like August. So this was probably like around the same time, like I had a big ass cast on my leg, like I couldn't walk for like eight months. So like I was just in the house, like just fucked up. But uh, I'm listening to all kind of like 
you know what I'm saying, different rappers and shit. And I'm just like, damn, like I could do so much better. Like, that's just all I kept telling myself. Like, I'm like, I could do this. I could do, I could do that. I could do better than that. I could do that. Like, and uh, I just started writing, 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 writing. I had a notebook, so I'm just writing songs, writing songs. And I told my brother, I'm like, come here, like, come listen to this bitch, come see me, come see me. He came inside and um, I rapped him this freestyle. And uh, I think he probably still got it on his phone to this day, but I had like my little fro, little uh, sports bra <laughs> on. Like I'm really just on some chill shit, little cast on my leg, like just rapping and shit. And he like, bro, like somebody need to sign my sister. Like she hard as fuck. Like um, that shit, like it, that's what really started it. Like I was just like locked in just on some shit. Like, you know what, I could do this. Like, and I grew up in a musical family. Like we used to have rap battles and shit when I was growing up. And like, it would always come down to me and my brother and we would go head to head. And then I just, just hit him with the bars, eyes and win, you know? But we used to always be on shit like that growing up. So I guess that's also where it came from too. But really when I was 16, that's when I really took it serious and really just was like, okay, boom, I got this. I saved my money up. Uh, I had this phone, right? But my mom, she, I bought the phone for myself. She threw the phone out the window, threw the phone away. I think it was like an iPhone 7, iPhone, um, yeah, probably like iPhone 7. Threw the phone away, threw that bitch out the window, so I ain't have no phone, so I'm working. I'm trying to stack my money up, working at McDonald's, working at Popeye's. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I was working at uh, Track 21, like just trying to get my bread right. I um, stacked my money up, was writing my music, saved my money up, found a studio, went to the studio, and um, shit. I dropped my first mixtape, which was 20 songs, no features. And then I dropped another mixtape, which was like 11 songs, I think. And then my third one was like eight. And I knew, like with that last mixtape, I'm like, okay, yeah, this the one. And like I said, that's the one that everybody just clung on to. So yeah, and then after that, it was just up. I Man, just... like working multiple jobs and trying to be an artist at the same time, like. At one point I stopped going to school, like, my mama didn't know about it, but when she found out about it, like, the shit was funny <laughs> as fuck. Like, it was funny as fuck. So uh, I was working at Track 21, and then I would work at Wingstop at nighttime. So I would do, like, what? Uh, my daytime shifts would be, like, 12 to 4 or 5, and then you got that 5 or 6, one-hour block till midnight. So I'm working from working with go-karts in the morning to flipping wings tossing sauces at night, like just on some trying to get money shit. And um, I was just skipping school. I would like forge her signature on a bunch of um, like passes and shit for like all my classes, but it got back to her. And they emailed her like, oh, Miss David. 
At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Is this you? Did you verify? Da, 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 da. She, no, the fuck? That ain't me. <laughs> the fuck? She, you forged my signature? What the fuck else was I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> so, shit, yeah. I just, I was just doing shit, trying to make money and shit. Now, when it comes to your music, what inspires you the most? Shit, uh, I think the, the beauty in life inspires me the most. Like, it's just so much, much beauty in, in everything. Like, like it's beauty in laughter, it's beauty in, in people, it's beauty in nature, like it's just all over. And like when you get to travel and go places and do stuff, it just creates a vibe and for me that's what gives me motivation it gives me like more creativity to be able to just show that in my my music and also come with versatility and let's get into you signing in high school yeah woo so was there any <laughs> conflict with you being in high school and signing to a label definitely talk to us about it <laughs> Hey, this shit's crazy as fuck. So, um, before I signed my deal, my A&R, he flew out to Houston to come see me. Because originally, I was supposed to go out there, but I'm, you know what I'm saying, 18 in high school. I'm 19 now, but I'm 18 in high school, and they like, oh, nah, like, we not finna have you just flying now with all these random people. Like, you know what I'm saying, that's all my folks knew. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I didn't get to go to LA the first time that Interscope was trying to meet with me. So they like, fuck it, we just gonna come out here. So they came out to Houston, and we went to this restaurant. Uh, I forgot what it was called, but we went to this restaurant and we ordered like a uh, little food and shit, you know, like it was really like a five-star luxury restaurant for <laughs> so me. I'm like, ah, right, we live. But uh, I had ordered some shrimps and I just remember like giving my A&R some shrimp, like, and I didn't know if he was gonna be my A&R at the time. Like I said, you know, he didn't sign me yet. So I'm just like, you want some shrimp? And he like, yeah. And I'm, and he gonna take one shrimp off the plate. And I'm like, bro, Eat you some shrimp, like trying to give him more shrimp. So shit, uh, he just caught my vibe and was just like, okay, yeah, like she, you know what I'm saying? She's a, a caregiver, you know? And shit, after that, we went to the studio. I was recording and shit. And um, I just remember my mama calling my phone, like, where you at, da 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 what you doing and shit. And like at the time when I was staying at my mama's house, she was trying to make me come inside at a certain time. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not doing that shit. So I'm in the studio and she calling me, I answer the FaceTime and she cussing me out like while my a and is sitting in the other side of the studio room. So I come outside of the studio room and I try to hand the phone to my manager like, just play it smooth, <laughs> get her to understand what we doing. We trying yeah. to make money, we, you know what I'm saying, finna get that bag. And she, 
looking at my manager, my manager, he like, hey, hey mama, what the fuck y'all doing? Just, just going off, like just going in. And he like, I'm just trying to tell, I don't give a fuck. I want her ass home. Like just going in. And he like, okay, yes ma'am, yes ma'am. And then he was finna put my A&R in the camera. And my A&R is uh, Caucasian. So she looking and she, what the fuck y'all doing around all my, the fuck y'all doing around my daughter? What the fuck? Like, I'm just like, man, she gonna blow it. Like, she gonna <laughs> blow my whole opportunity. Like, that's all I was thinking. Yeah. And um, luckily she didn't. Like, he still wanted to sign me. I feel like it was probably more reaper. I gotta save her. Let me get her ass <laughs> But shit, like, it was just, it was just like, it was just like, no, uh, how I say, like, it was just, you know how you meet in the middle? It was like my people was just not trying to meet in the middle with the shit. So me, it's like, I'm gonna take that leap of faith. You know what I'm saying? So it's either gonna be like, I'm gonna do it and it work out for me, or I don't and I just gotta go back to the drawing board. Y'all can say I was right and it is what it is. But, you know, luckily it turned out for the best because it was God's plan. When would you say it took for your family to kind of, well, to finally say like, you know what, go for it, just do it? Um, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. My people always been supportive, but they just didn't trust people. So for them to like be like, okay, yeah, like fuck with these people, it didn't take like none of that. Like I just did it on my own. Like um, I was staying with my aunt at the time and my aunt actually like granted my manager wishes and was like, okay, yeah, like she can come to LA with y'all, take care of her. And um, that was in November of, uh, what, uh, 29th, what was it, 2020? I don't fucking know. Yeah, something like that, almost finna be 2020. So like, uh, she granted his wishes and she was just like, okay, fine, she can come. And that was months after. So it probably took like, what, four months, maybe five, cause I got signed during the pandemic. So it was already like, I couldn't go nowhere anyway, you know? And um, did you have any doubts, like maybe it's too early for me to sign? Um, no, because the way my life was at the time, like that was my only option. That was the best option. It was like, like this has to work. You know, you ever like had a plan and you just like, this plan gotta fall through. If this don't fall through, like, I don't know what's next. Like that was me with, with music and, um, I just, I don't know. I just had like so much like confidence and like willpower in myself and I prayed. I prayed, 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 prayed because it's like nobody else was hearing me what I was going through, but God seen it, he seen it all. So I feel like that's also, you know, like another big reason why everything happened the way it did. And you are actually the first female signed to Interscope's Listen to the Kids. Now, how are you learning to navigate through this industry as a woman, especially being a black woman? So for me, um, learning how to navigate through the industry as a young, beautiful, black African-American woman, um, I, I be, I'm, I was gonna say I'll be around, but I'm gonna like rephrase my words. I surround myself with people who can teach me something, people who I can learn from, people who can 
motivate me, people who can help me grow, people who can teach me things and help me learn to step into my next, you know, phase into being a grown woman, you know? Um, so the people I'm around, uh, like I say, prayer, God. Um, also, I feel like uh, me personally, like I'm a kind of person where I'm like, you know, when you know you have to uh, change certain behaviors within yourself, uh, I'm one of them people, like, I have to let go and cut loose the bad habits before the bad habits end up. What's up, everyone? Stacey Ike here from the Human to Human podcast and Recovering Perfectionist. If you're looking to explore your interpersonal relationships, have a safe space to reflect without shame, and deep dive into the many layers of being human, then come hang out with me on the Human to Human podcast where I go deep with your favorite celebrities, tastemakers, and thought leaders. Be sure to check out and subscribe to Human to Human with Stacey Ike. That's the number two, not the word two, brought to you by the Revolt Podcast Network. I'll see you there. Me, you know? So I'm, I'm one of them people where like I try to correct myself before somebody else has to. And I feel like that's also something that's like super big in the industry, you know? What would you say were some of those things that you had to work on? Uh, so uh, one thing I would say is uh, like my, my attitude. So some people, like when you first meet me, I might come off like I'm an asshole, but I'm really a sweetheart. So it's like I had to change my demeanor. I have to, you know, like ease up on my approach. And it's not, it's not uh, because I'm like trying to change myself or anything. It's just because as a person, like sometimes you can't be intimidating, you know? And like for me, I don't want to come off as just like, mad intimidating because it scares people away so i'm like i gotta change my attitude and my attitude it shows in my face mm. so i be having to just you know what i'm saying like fix that shit and just yeah some people they don't know they don't have that self-awareness to be like okay yeah like i i can't look like this or you know what i'm saying whatever it is because like they just don't care you know but sometimes it's like you have to because when you're at a certain setting like that's everything attitude is everything so that's one thing i had to change uh the second thing I had to change was, uh, shit, I say like, like my mindset. Like I was in a mindset uh, before I started rapping, like um, all love and, and you know what I'm saying? And then I just got my heart broken, changed my whole mindset to be selfish, focus on yourself, live your life, have your fun. And my third thing I had to change that I'm still working on is my tardiness. Like, it's <laughs> been a thing since. It's hard when you a female though. Like, you gotta have the hair done, the makeup, everything. I used to right. come to my my first period, my sophomore year, every fucking morning late, <laughs> just because I knew the simple fact that he wasn't gonna trip, he wasn't gonna give me a tardy. And then when he did give me tardies and all that shit, I still didn't give a fuck, I still didn't care. But I used to try to draw my eyebrows on in the mirror after uh, practice in the morning and shit. And I used to just be late every single fucking day in the hallway, fucking around late. Like, it was the thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't give a fuck. So like, it was just like, that's how it is. And I didn't even wanna say a thing, cause me, like, I just really didn't care. But 
once I got to what my junior year and um, like I say, like I had to forge a lot of signatures, it got almost to a point where I wasn't going to graduate high school because I wasn't going to school. I had all these tardies. I was forging signatures. I was fighting. So I didn't have like nobody like in school to be like that mentor and just help me and guide me. And then uh, one of the APs, she seen me and was just like, oh, you have so much potential. Like I can't let you go out like that. And she just got on my ass and like pushed me to just at least, you know what I'm saying, graduate for myself if I wasn't gonna do it for nobody else. And she just put me in the mindset to think like, okay, yeah, like I don't wanna be here next year. So I gotta do what I need to do. And I graduated, shit. I turned all my shit in. Well, really like since my senior year, uh, COVID started, uh, we ended up having like the beginning of our senior year and then school shut out, you know, cause of COVID. So once it got close to the end of the year, I wasn't doing shit. I wasn't doing <laughs> nothing. And I think like uh, two days before uh, we were supposed to get the announcements for our graduation, I turned in all my work on like the last day that you could like possibly tell you're working. Don't do that, y'all. Don't, don't do that. Don't be like me. <laughs> be better than me. But I turned all my work in for my senior year on my last day uh, that we could possibly turn it in and graduated, walked the stage and like two days after that on a Sunday. So yeah. You was pushing through at any, by any means. Yeah, I was. Now, what would you say was the biggest risk that you've had to take so far when it came, when it came to your career? The biggest risk I've had to take so far uh, when it's come to my career is, I say like putting my trust into others with, you know what I'm saying, uh, my career or putting my, my, um, my career in the hands of others when it comes to my career. Because when you're working with a label, management, whoever, whoever, it's like, you know what I'm saying, they're doing a job for you, you know, and it's like, it make or break you. So for that, it's like scary, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know what you're gonna do. I'm putting my trust in you, don't let me down. So yeah, like, that's probably the, the biggest thing for me. And we, I do know that um, Dirk was like one of your like influences growing up. Um, not growing up, sorry, but he was just- Growing up. Growing up, okay, growing <laughs> up. So um, I know that you guys are super cool now. So how were you able to like build that relationship with somebody like Dirk? Um, it's crazy cause I met Smirk uh, like three years ago. Um, we met through my manager who used to work for him and he was like a bodyguard to him. And he's like, I got an artist, her name's Sally Sosa, I want you to meet her. And um, the first time we met was on FaceTime. I was in LA and I think he was in Chicago or somewhere and I was in the studio and they just put him on the phone with me and was like, what's up? And I'm just like, hey, smirk. Like, like I just yeah. know this man, like we just cool. Like we just been talking. And I guess the vibe he got from me was like, okay, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? She cool, like, so, um, shit, after that, a little, a little while went by, like, probably like a month. Um, I ended up uh, going to a show he had in Houston. 
and I was backstage. He, you know what I'm saying, let me in. This back when I had like the little chain. I wasn't even SSG, like, well, I was SSG, but I wasn't even, you know what I'm saying, big SSG. I was dollar sign, you know, like, on some still trying to come up shit. And uh, he was there, he let me in. He was talking to me, like, what's up? You having a good time? You enjoying yourself? You good? We took a picture together. And um, what I told him, I was like, uh, I was like, what side do you want to stand on? I was like, because I know you got your good side. He was like, this side, this is my good side. And I'm just laughing, like, all right, gang. Took the picture. Um, he rocked out the show, like always. And shit, after that, you know, they pulled off in the Hellcats and Trackhawks, because it been that way before <laughs> the fucking song even dropped. But that shit was cool. Um, and then a little while after that, uh, he ended up um, having a uh, I don't know if it was a show or something um, in Atlanta. Oh, the grill, yeah, that's what it was. So um, he was coming out to Houston for the day and uh, he called my, my manager because my manager, uh, you know what I'm saying, was gonna be out there. So he was like, I got you, you know what I'm saying, I, I rolled you and shit. Uh, they tight, tight. So uh, he like, where's Sally at? Like, you know, so boom, they picked me up. I'm with them the whole day, like from the morning till they left and hopped on the jet. Like, the jet, the jet. Like, I just don't want you to forget that. That shit was like different. I was like, yeah, he's, that's him. But um, shit, we went to Johnny Dang and that nigga Johnny, he almost got my ass drunk off of Bel Air. Shout out to Rick Ross, cause that nigga got some good ass liquor. <laughs> and um, shit, we was just chilling. Uh, shout out to my nigga Bands too, DJ Bands, that's my dog. We was all up in there chilling and uh, Johnny was just showing around the jewelry. He actually has a video out on YouTube. I'm in it, it's me, Smirk, Bands. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying, the whole OTF and me. So uh, it was cool, you know what I'm saying? It was like a cool little day. Uh, after that, uh, we was in the car chilling. We was finna go back to the hotel room. And uh, he was telling me like, play your music. You know what I'm saying? I wanna hear your songs. So I'm playing my songs, just going through all my songs. And he was like, play that one song again. And I'm like, what song, Smirk? And he like, you know what song I'm talking about? Play that song. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you talk about. Like, what is you talking about? And he was like, that's star song. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, okay, okay. But before, like at the time, like I ain't have no name for it. So he was like, that star song. And I was just like, all right, bet. Went back, played the song. We listened to it over and over and over. And then he just posted me on his story and was just like, this shit hard as fuck and tagged me. And then afterwards, he wanted to hop on it and was like, I need a verse on this. And I was just like, win. Like, <laughs> And that song goes so crazy. Thank you. I want to ask you, how did that track come about? That's how it well, came about. Not how it came about, but I but wanna... but but I will say, um, after we was listening to it in the car, and he said he wanted to hop on it, um, like not too long after, and we went back to Atlanta again, and uh, had a full day out there, uh, did a bunch of shit with them, and uh, we went to the studio at nighttime and went up in that bitch. I'm talking about I walk in that hole, it's nothing but guns everywhere. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. The vibes is right. <laughs> yeah, and um, well connected and well protected. Yeah, sure that. And um, 
Shit, it was cool. Like, we was all up in there vibing. He seen me, you know, and that me up and shit, you know. And uh, we was all up in there talking and shit. And then um, he went in there and he freestyled his verse from scratch, like, and went up in there and just knocked it out. So I'm sitting in the room just listening to him record and I'm just in awe, like, of how he worked. Like, and he also taught me, like, he also taught me, like, some of my ways, like, of how I work now when I record. Like, it's sort of kind of similar to that. Like, but um, he was just freestyling off the dome and just laid that shit down on my shit. And it's so crazy because I'm thinking at the time, at the end of his verse, he started singing. And I'm already thinking, like, you know, it'd be so crazy if he just started singing. And then he started singing. And I was just like, we got one. Like, it's a hit, <laughs> it's a hit, we got one. So like, this shit was just crazy, but um, yeah, we got to watch him record, so the shit was live. And then uh, after that shit, we was chilling and shit, smoking and shit, went home, and then put that bitch together. He posted it on his story that night too, and shit and was like, we made a hit for sure. And I was like, for sure. Period. Oh and yes, Mary had a little lamb. And getting into your project, Life of Sosa, Talk to us about the creative process with this one. Um, so the creative process behind Life of Sosa was basically just like on some shit like my life. So all the songs was just everything that I was going through, went through, been through, seen, done, or heard. Um, I think that looking back now, like, I have so many songs, like, that didn't make, like, none of those mixtapes. I still have all the songs I've ever written. Like, I write, so, like, I got, like, a stack of papers, and there's nothing but songs. Like, there's old songs, like, in books, so. Um, that process for me, I picked everything out of myself. I did everything myself. Like, I figured out uh, how to set everything up. I made my own BMI, I paid for it. Made my own distro kit, paid for it. Um, I set everything up myself and just ran everything like I had a, a motherfucking manager, like I had motherfuckers pushing me, but it was just me. I'm sending my shit to everybody on Snapchat, sending my shit to everybody on Twitter, like, just putting my shit out there. Like, and it might have been annoying to some people, but other people was like, okay, it's hard. Like, I'm gonna give it a chance. Like, cause people love listening to new music. So it's like, if they can, you know, cling on to something before somebody else do and make them feel good. Cause he's like, I've been on him, I've yeah. been on her. So it was just like, that for me, like I was always sending my shit out to people before I, I even got to the point where I'm just like, I'm finna post this and they gonna fuck with it because I am who I am. You gotta start from somewhere. So you gotta promote yourself and push yourself. And that's what I was doing with Life of Sosa. That's what I was doing with all three of the mixtapes. Like just promoting, sending my shit to everybody, telling motherfuckers, like I wouldn't know your ass from a can of paint. I'm just like, okay, yeah, like go listen to my music though. Right. Like, <laughs> Is it. Now, when making this, what did you really want, like, people that knew you to grasp from that project? Um, I wanted people to grasp that I'm an artist and that I'm a, I'm a complete, immaculate, separate individual. Like, 
I'm, I'm separate. I, you can't put me in the same bin as this person, that person. You just, you can't do it. Like, I'm my own separate, immaculate individual. Like, I'm coming different. Now, you also worked with Tusi on Right My Wrongs. What was the inspiration behind this track? Um, the inspiration behind Right My Wrongs, I can't really remember. Like, I think I was just like vibing out to melodies. And um, I was in uh, Sugar Hill Studios. Shout out to Sugar Hill. We fuck with y'all. We love y'all. And it was me and my manager up in there. And uh, what's the name was up in there with me too? Young Al, he was up in there with me. And um, we was just vibing out and shit. And uh, I don't know, I just started freestyling, put my feelings in the pockets of me and jeans. And then I just flowed with the rest. And then my manager, uh, he helped me come up with uh, one part of the song. Um, uh, they say it's cheaper to keep them. I say it's easy to leave them. And I was just like, oh, that's hard. I'm gonna put that in there. Like, so yeah, like we was just up in there doing shit. But for the most part, I, I, I just was up in there just freestyling, but I write all my own music. And who can we, who else can we expect you to work with this year if you can spill the tea? So, I don't wanna say too much, but um, can I just name where they're from? Or is that not a good enough hint? Cause- I understand, oh. so yes, you can name where they're from. <laughs> okay. Florida, New York, Alabama, Houston, Houston, Houston. What? You saying Houston, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm getting, I think I'm getting, is it females? Ooh. All right, and then um, I got uh, Florida again, and then I got uh, Atlanta. But it's more people than that, but that's just what I'm gonna give you. But in other words, I got BSR Cash, I got Flo Millie, I got Scory, I got, um, what's the name, Slatty Zai, I got um, Young Al, I got uh, Bloodbath, I gotta send her some shit. Um, I got Cincy Molly. I got um, I got what's what's that dude name? Um, I forgot his name. Uh, I gotta think of it. But I got a lot of different artists, like major artists that I want to work with, and then I got a lot of other major artists that I want to put on my project, like in the future down the line. Now, with your upcoming project, tell us the vibes that we can expect. Oh, Lizelle Samba. That's what I was going to say. There we go. So, uh, the vibes you can expect. You can expect some turned up shit that's going to make you want to smack any bitch. You can expect some melodic shit that's going to make you want to cry. You can expect some some chill shit that's gonna make you wanna sit back and roll up or, or drink you some Casamigo or something. And you can expect some shit that's gonna make you feel whole and complete. And how would you say this upcoming project is gonna differ from your past projects? Um, I've mastered my sound. I'm still learning my, my, my capabilities, but for the most part, I've mastered my sound. So for that much, like, I feel like 
like that's what's gonna be like, you know what I'm saying? Like the easiest part, cause it's like I already know how I'm coming. And right now I wanna give you your flowers because all the women coming out of Texas, Houston, Texas, woo! Five years. Thank so you, how does you, it feel where you are in your career and representing Houston along the way? It feels great to be in the position that I'm in. Uh, it's a lot of people that could have been here, that could have been in my shoes. And God was just like, you know what I'm saying? I made these for you. So it feels great. Like I'm, I'm beyond blessed. I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, it also feels good standing next to my fellow peers because we're all doing our thing. So it feels great to have females looked at as, you know, powerful, strong, you know, um, smart, intelligent, you know, people. Because, you know, back in the day, it's like trying to down us, you know, but it's like, nah, we're showing y'all like we, we can do everything y'all do, if not better. And what would you say really separates female artists in Houston from the others? We from the South. So I mean, shit, that's, that's really like one of the biggest things. Like we're Southern, like you got people from up North, you got people from the East Coast, West Coast, and we from the South. So it's like, we already got our own sound, like, just off GP and they, they do too because you know we all from different places but I feel like um for us it's like shit like I don't know it's like we we different we different we 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 gutter <laughs> like, <laughs> crazy for real <laughs> Now, I have to ask, what would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions that you feel people have of you? Um, that I'm mean, because I'm not mean. I'm blunt, but I'm not mean. Like, I'm probably the nicest person you'll ever meet. I'm a sweetheart. <laughs> now that we have the upcoming projects and your past projects, features, all of that, and your singles that you've been dropping, what is next for you, Sally? So y'all can be expecting some super fire singles. I'm about to be dropping some super hard uh, videos. I'm about to come back to back with some big features. I can't say who. And um, at the end of the year, just be expecting an unskippable EP. All right, we finna talk about this Virgo day. Sally, you got your birthday coming up big. Sally Sosa Day is coming up very soon, September 21st. I'm gonna be turning 20. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm gonna have like a big ass mansion party. So if you wanna come, be on the lookout and stay tuned cause I'm gonna be posting it on my page and it's gonna be lit as fuck. Like, it's gonna be a movie. We're making a movie. We shut shit down. <laughs> and um, uh, what I was gonna say, mm, Virgos. Let me see. Me, I'm probably like the more like uh, nurture, like more kind of like quick on my on my feet. I don't know. I'm not one of the lazier Virgos. Like it's you either you a boss and you go get it or you lazy. Like with Virgos, and I'm I'm not that one. So I'm. Definitely, you know, boss. 
And Queen Virgo, Beyonce, we all know who the Queen Virgo is. So, um, I don't know, I just feel like Virgos are the best. And like Future say, <laughs> we expensive, baby. So, <laughs> you gotta put them racks down when you wanna talk to me. And any last words or shout outs before we wrap up? Uh, uh, shout out to God because I wouldn't be here without him. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my manager over there because he always look out. Shout out to y'all for having me here. I'm very grateful and honored to be sitting on the porch, you feel me? And um, shout out to all my fans that support me and that download and stream my music because I wouldn't be who I am without y'all. So. I just want to say thank y'all and I love y'all, my silent steppers. And um, we're finna go up. It's finna be a great rest of the 2021 and it's finna be a great rest of the whole next year, New Year's 2022. You're a star. You wanted a million. I done met a lot of people, but nobody gave me this feeling. You told me to cut off my exes and hoes. I told you. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.